Welcome to the Mother's Guide Through Autism podcast. This podcast is to inspire, support, and build community for mothers raising children with autism. I'm Bridget Shipman, the host and creator of the Mother's Guide Through Autism. This podcast has been inspired by my son, Joseph, who's been living with autism for the past 27 years. Today, I am very excited to welcome and introduce our guest to our podcast. Our guest is a mom who started a business for her son who's autistic. She didn't see a lot of employment opportunities out there for adults on the autistic spectrum like her son, so she decided to create one herself. Stella Spinakos is the co-founder of Spectrum Design. Spectrum Designs does custom screen printing, embroidery, and digital printing for businesses local to Port Washington, New York, and across the nation. Spectrum Design hires people with autism. Stella also leads the Nicholas Center, a nonprofit that offers services to teach social and vocational skills to autistic people while also supporting families. Along with her many accolades for her community service, Stella has been a successful businesswoman. She built and operated a wholesale women's apparel business with an annual gross sales of $12 million. She also inspired a documentary to be made about the origins of Nicholas Center and Spectrum Designs Foundation called This Business of Autism. Welcome, Stella, to the Mother's Guide Through Autism. Why, thank you. It's uh, an honor and a pleasure to be here with you all. Well, we are so excited. And one thing I just wanted to take a second and mention, Stella, is that when you and I started talking on the phone, we had that phone conversation when I had invited you to be a guest. And Mm -hmm. I honestly, I felt an instant connection to you. And as we kept visiting, I discovered that we have several things in our lives that we discovered were parallel. So. I know it was it was scary. <laughs> it was <laughs> I I mean I think both of us the hair was standing up all over our bodies. <laughs> yeah, so um that is one of the many reasons that I'm so excited that you accepted this invitation. And uh, we just really feel like your story is so inspirational and it's going to offer so much hope for anybody listening out there. So are you, would you like to um, tell us about your background story? My background story. Um, I was uh, by profession and uh, my degrees are in education. I was a social studies teacher. Uh, I taught uh, social studies, American uh, history, uh, my area of, of expertise. And um, I also lived in Europe, in Italy, actually, for three years. And I taught English as a, as a foreign language and commercial writing. Um, and I came back to the States. I just uh, focused on teaching social studies. And I was uh, coaching three varsity sports, uh, women's sports, girls' sports. Uh, and quite honestly, I just thought that I was the luckiest person on the planet because I couldn't wait to get up every day and get to work because that's how much I really enjoyed teaching and working with high school students. Um, I am still in contact with many of them, and it's been 30 years, and it just, it, it, I just love 
this whole social media Facebook thing because I we they stay in touch and I get to see their families and their children and and it's really a beautiful thing. Um, as far as the data changed my life, I'd have to say, well, first. Um, I, I know I'm difficult, and I just never thought, you know, at this at the rate I was going, I'd, I'd ever find um, somebody that would want to volunteer to marry me. <laughs> and at 33, I met my husband, and that was it. I just knew it. Um, we were married two years later, and I had uh, immediately, I was like 35 at the time, and I wanted to start a family, or we wanted to start a family. And uh, after two miscarriages, uh, I had my son, uh, Nicholas, and uh, we I nicknamed him Shamu because he was like close to 10 pounds, and um, he was like the biggest thing in the nursery at the hospital. Um, he um, was just the most beautiful and perfect thing, and I'll tell you right now, if you don't believe in God or miracles, all you need to do is go through childbirth, and um, pretty much you become a believer. Um my, uh, I'd have to say, um, he did not start hitting milestones, developmental milestones. Um, and that sort of bothered me. I'm the oldest of five. I've spent a lot of time raising my mother's family. My, and um, I just said, something's off here. Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole vaccine thing. Um, because I, I feel that it, there was a there's a factor there, but uh, I'm just dealing with what what was and what is. Um, he went from making vowel sounds, simple vowel sounds, ma 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 ba 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 da da da, to by the time he was 12 months, there was nothing nothing coming out of his mouth, no sounds whatsoever. I'd have to say that. Um, by the time, now this is 90, he was born in 92, so it was pretty much the dark ages of of early intervention and services and and uh, things. So I uh, had him tested, took him to a pediatric neuropsychologist, and um, I actually felt sort of ignorant, you know, being in education when she went, well, you know, it's PDDNOS, and I'm like, what is that? And, and basically it's a catch-all where she's not using the a word autism but she's just saying that the the child is deviating from what is considered uh, within the norm of childhood development and i'd i'd have to say that um the best description i was given by um a woman who ended up spending 18 years with my son as his speech therapist and special ed teacher um because i was so upset and she said don't focus on the diagnosis. Just can look at it like an, an onion. Okay? You just see what you have and you treat um those behaviors or symptoms, whatever you want to call that, and you just keep working and you just keep peeling the layers as you go as you go into the to the onion. And she said, don't get hung up on 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 terms or you know, or words and diagnosis. It's, we're, we're dealing we're dealing with what we see, and that was probably the most profound words of uh, comforting words of advice that anyone um, could ever give me. The 
what I I compare when people ask me what it's like to have a child with autism. It's sort of like um, dark chocolate. Um, it's um, it's delicious because it's bittersweet, and um, that's the way I perceive my my life with my son. It's uh, my favorite type of uh, treat, dark chocolate, and it's exactly that. It's it's a bittersweet. Um, I love that experience. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I believe that truly he was my calling, that everything I did prior to that was just a warm-up and training for um, the challenges that um, I was going to face during his lifetime. Um, my son never developed language, so he's apraxic. We use a, um alternative um form of communication. We went through the whole process with the um with the Dynavox and all the augmentative communication devices and and now, you know, uh with these smartphones, they have apps called we use an app called Speak It. And basically, uh even though my son we're still working on WH questions, um, it is a much more spontaneous form of communication so that uh, he doesn't um, get anxious and, and, and frustrated and, you know, behaviors are, are are less of an issue because we are dealing with it in real time as opposed to him typing in or getting a text with the picture exchange and, and all of this. It's, it's more in the moment and, um, and you know, it's, it's uh, a, you know, God bless these smartphones. That's all I have to say. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. the technology that, that they give to all of us parents with special needs. He, um, you know, uh, he, he, any child with special needs is a challenge. And it's either, you know, either you're going to um, just, you know, wallow in self-pity are we going to step up to the plate and and deal with it head on with everything you got? Okay, sort of like in golf. When I ask my girlfriends, girls, uh, how far are we from the pin? And my girl, my uh, one of my partners will go, get out the biggest weapon you got. <laughs> <laughs> we need distance here, Stella. <laughs> and and I'm like, okay. Okay, we're going to take out that number three, baby. <laughs> we're going to blast that ball down the fairway. Um, the other day that absolutely profoundly changed my life was uh, June 7th, 2010. Um, my husband got on a red eye to go to Vegas for business. And um, I, I mean, I knew it was a long flight, and so I didn't expect a phone call until he was settled in. But um, phone call sort of never came. Turned out that 20 minutes in flight, he had a massive heart attack and died. And um, they turned the plane around and came back to uh, Kennedy and, um, you know, deplaned him and took him to uh, the Morgan, Queens. And uh, by after they went through his belongings, I uh, had actually, I was in a board board of directors meeting and I didn't get home till close to 10 o'clock and when I pulled up in my driveway here we are June in New York which is warm and there are four men in black 
overcoats, raincoats, mm -hmm. in wow. unmarked cars in my driveway. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, I knew it wasn't good. They looked like the death squad, and basically, that's what they were there to inform me, that my husband had died in flight, and uh, they were giving me the particulars of what I needed to do in the morning. I, um, I, I would only imagine um, that is just shock and surreal and feels like a bad dream. And that day sounds like it changed your life forever. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I only have one child. Nicholas is it. And um, it's, it's a very eerie feeling when your family is down to two. Mm. Um, um, and, and like you said, my mind is spitting a million miles. I, I was so upset that I couldn't it, even cry. I mean, which is not like me because God knows, you know, I cried every chick flick. I mean, really, I mean, it's just like, I have no problem. You know, I just was like, uh, cause I just, I kept, you know, refusing. I was like, oh no, they must have, you know, they didn't have the wrong picture. I saw a picture of my husband and, and he was very much dead. Um, Mm. But, um, and then what I had to do, closing down um, his, the business, um, pr primarily uh, he ran it. Um, I just did an awful lot of work and from home and we manufactured in a, our price point was the moderate or budget. So I used to go out and see what was going on in the world of designers and coutures because it takes two years to filter down to moderates and budgets. Um, price points. So I would see what was going on and I'd bring in samples and, you know, and, and, you know, I was more the creative and my husband was, you know, um, the, the really the financial, you know, uh, creative financing, I used to call it, you know, really, um, that man could just, you know, frighten me with, with how he had such an, uh, um, the way he could remember style numbers and, and, and as far as numbers went. So he was the money side and I was the creative side. And um, it was not something I could do without him. And so I knew that, um, that I, I, you know, had to close it down and um, figure that out. So, um, yeah. I, that, so that's I just, so brave. I just have to say, Stella, your, your story. Wow. Um, that's a lot. Well, I guess it was a reason why I was born in Brooklyn. Because <laughs> as they say, it's a blood type. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, thick skin and, you know, and, and, and thick blood. Mm -hmm. um, and it, again, um, I believe and everybody out there, you truly must believe that everything you go, for, go through in life happens for a reason. And it makes you stronger. Mm. And you just have to um, look, think, and move on. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a big tennis player, and um, I think of the matches I won, and what did I walk away with? Not too much of anything, other than you know longer arms from patting myself on the back. But what my the the, the matches I lost, I can remember them. Each and every one and the points and why I lost 
because of what happened in situations. Mm -hmm. So it's you learn through your failures much more than you will ever learn from your successes. And if you can just keep that in perspective, you will, you know, you're in a much better place to move forward and succeed. Fear of failure is, um, is absolutely something that, you know, I think we all have to get over because everybody just wants to, you know, win, win, win. But, but you learn nothing. It's really through your failures. It's like the cake that flops. Well, you learned a lot, okay, about that lopsided cake. And, you know, and it's just it's the same thing with anything in life. Um, you know, I mean, I remember in home ec making a skirt and I was like, oh my God, it's like, like, I, you know, like, it's like four inches longer on one side and the other. How did I do that? The seams don't line up, but you learn, you learn from your mistakes. You know, you yeah. don't learn from, 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 you know, from your successes as much. And you just, again, have to keep this all in perspective. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be successful and happy and succeed in life and, and in parenting. You have to, you know, just take a big breath and, and, and sit down and, and, you know, and just, and, and think about what went wrong and yeah. then, then you can improve and you can really move forward on it. Yeah. I think that's some really great advice and, you know, I hear you. Uh, I think that that's where the inspiration comes from, right? Because when life gets really hard, that's the struggle. That's where we have to figure out, okay, do, do I have, what do I do? Where do I begin? Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is you, you just get up and you just try to move forward in some way, some fashion. Yep. There's, um, absolutely. I mean, you know, when my husband died, um, I sat there and I thought there's only two ways to look at life. Either the glass is half empty or the glass is half full. If you see the glass is half empty, well, then you've already been defeated because you're exhausting yourself because you're, you're saying to yourself, it's half empty. What am I going to, I can't, you know, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get there? No, I look at that glass and I see it as half full. And all I have to do is think out of the box of how I'm going to get from midline to the top. And I don't think of anything else except it's half full. I'm already halfway to my goal. And if you can just think about that concept, you will be in have such a better mindset and you the and the positive energy that just saying that to yourself brings to the table will make you uh, you know wonder woman you yeah. know you'll be you'll be a you'll be a superhero i mean you know again um either i was going to wallow in self pity being a widow of a special needs kid who can't speak and has a seizure disorder or else I was going to stand up and do something to immortalize my husband and everything that he represented and did in his life for his son because that's the only thing that he lived for besides basketball. <laughs> and or I could just wither away and go, you know, off into like, you know, oblivion, just, you know, and say poor pitiful me. But I could either make the world a better place 
for my son and, and everybody like him, all the Nicholases of the world, and by that, making sure that my husband's life was purposeful, that he knows that I always had his back and I wouldn't let a day go by without giving thanks to his memory. And I chose that path. I chose the latter. And that's beautiful, Stella. And, you know, just a, a simple mantra of the glass is half full. Just say to yourself, it's half full. It's half full. Get up. It's half full. And then to take all the love that you had and honor your husband and your son, you know, that's to me a beautiful example of what we're trying to do here. Uh, the inspiration that, that you're feeding all of us. That's really beautiful. Thank you. I mean, it's, it applies to anything, not just parents with special needs. You know, how many, how many of us struggle with our weight? I'm a pudgy little Greek, okay? <laughs> um, you know, every day I get up, and if I have a bad day, I'm like, all right, so you ate the bread yesterday. Not a problem. Today's another day. All right? Get up there. Be tough. All right. Now you're just going to have to go out and walk another mile so that, you know, the bread doesn't stick to your thighs, okay? And, you know, but it, again, the beautiful thing, it's another day. My eyes are open and I woke up and it's another day for me to try. And it, if you just can just, you know, take it one step at a time, that's it. You know, I mean, that you're already halfway there. You're already talking, you're talking success. You're talking, you know, the positive energy is going to come to you. You're going to believe and feel it. And if I, if I do nothing else, to help parents who are, who are, you know, who, who are in the situation where they feel overwhelmed by the information or diagnosis that they're receiving. Um, this is it. Okay. This is it. We, you know, you're tomorrow and every day after, and all you have to do is put one foot in the front of the other and see that glass is half full and you're going to get there. You're going to get there. Yeah. That is great. So all mother guides out there hear that, that, that is so true. I, I love it. I love the inspiration. I can feel it. Um, every time I talk to you, I get inspired and motivated. And I love the story that you had shared with me about how you created the Nicholas Center and how that came to be. You want to share that with everyone out Sure, Surely. The, uh, you know, I, um, I stopped teaching uh, because um, I, I, I really, as a social studies teacher, I felt beyond ignorant when, when they mentioned the word autism. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, I never wanted to go into elementary or special ed. Uh, so I really feel uh, insecure and ignorant as you know, as far as this, this topic goes. So, uh, I started buying books and I ran out to any course, um, because ABA and other things were out there and they're talking Greenspan and, and, you know, and I'm just like, okay, what is all of this? And I said, I need to, I need to, 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 to really get as much information as I possibly can. So I can really help my son. 
Um, so I uh, I was also president of uh, the my school district. The uh, we have a parents association of special education PACE in uh, here in Manhasset. I I'm on Long Island, and I fought hard and um thank goodness you know our school district and the and the administration and educators were very receptive and we developed an excellent life skill program and my son really was the he was the um first class and my son was actually the um the the first student to ever graduate from the program from the life skills program and it's just gotten better and, and built upon the foundation that we started. But what I learned was um, where were they going after that? Where, after they transitioned, uh, what 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 was out there? And um, it was pretty much uh, slim pickings because I had gone was my son was 18 when my husband died, and uh, I was going out looking at different um, programs. Um, for after he transitioned at 21 from high school, and I said, "Wow!" And I would I came home at night and I said to my husband, "Paul, uh, we're, I'm I'm not liking any of this." I said, "I refuse." After I've worked so hard and he's come such a long way, I refuse to just put him in a dayhab, or you know, or or this program. I said, "This is just." I mean, I, I'm not I'm not okay with this. I, I feel sick to my stomach when I leave these these facilities and see the programs. I said, this is a glorified babysitting service, and I just cannot cannot have this. And and I actually, before my husband um, died, this was our our last conversation because my husband turned 55 in March. Two weeks later, my son turned 18, and then. And then um, we were having this discussion about what needed to happen between Nicholas, between 18 and 21, before he transitioned. And um, and then in June, you know, my husband um, uh, passed away. So um, I said, what we need. I was always kicking around the idea of a, of a Nicholas Institute, a Nicholas, and then the Nicholas Center, um, just kind of like you know, came into, into being. And as actually it was the Nicholas Center for Autism. And then we just shortened it to the Nicholas Center. Um, but I saw the need for a life skill vocational program um, that they still didn't have the skills they needed to, so that I could go into any business or store and say, listen, you know, you know, it, you know, would you, you know, hire my son with a job coach, come in or, you know, let him work a few hours. I'm just like talking an hour a day or, um, and I had enough trouble getting vocational sites when we started the program at the high school. So I said, what's it going to be like when I don't have the school district behind me to, to help facilitate, um, um, you know, these, you know, these work sites. And yet still my, my son needed a lot of work because he is low functioning. He needed a lot of work still on life skill in school um, because they have a million adults around them. But when you take them out of that environment, that's when you see the gaps. Like um, I made the mistake of instead of holding my son's hand going into the diner, he kind of like was walking ahead of me. Well, he just walked over to somebody's table and 
took two pieces of bread out of somebody's bread basket and drank the man's water. And I was like, oh, my God. And the man is looking at me like I have four heads. And I'm like, I am so sorry. Uh, he has autism. And I am very sorry. I will get somebody over right now to replace your water and bread basket. <laughs> I mean, you know, because yeah. this doesn't happen in the classroom. Well, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, but it happens in the real world. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Most definitely it happens in the real world, you know, from, from one environment to the other, to another. It's very different for somebody on, on the autism spectrum. So I said, my son still needs, I mean, he's, he will always be learning. He's, you know, that's the beauty of autism. I mean, they're at least they're lifelong learners. So, you know, you can constantly teach new skills and, and he will definitely be taking them in and learning and applying them. So I saw the need, but then I said to one of my co-founders, Nicole um, Sagru, who has um, her son Adam is is he just turned 21? My son is 27, like yours. I got to keep saying that. I mean, don't you see them as babies still? Oh yeah. And I have to I have to remind myself how these are are grown you know men. Yeah, and uh, and they like to my sons like to remind me too. <laughs> I know, I know. I call him the man child, you know, sort of like man cub from, from Jungle Book because my whole life is still Disney. So I was like, okay, man child, get over here. But, um, and I said, you know, Nicole, after we were discussing this, because I wouldn't do it without her, um, because she is just an amazing um, woman, mother, and she's the executive director of the Nicholas Center. I am the director of development and community relations. And um, I said, if you don't do it, I'm not going to do it. Um, I looked and I said, you know what, Nicole? I'm still, we're going out there and we're begging people for jobs. I'm still going to be begging them to let us go in there with job coaches and, and, and let our kids work in their, in their businesses. And actually, Nicole said, so why don't we make our own business? I said, oh, what? And she's like, I don't know, a cafe or that. I said, oh, great. They'll just love my son serving him up with like, you know, half, you know, his fingers in his mouth and saliva on the dish. That'll go over real well with the health department. And then she's, you know, being, um, she's just like, she, she, she's like, I call her Tinkerbell because I'm Peter Pan and she's Tinkerbell. And she just keeps flying around me and, and keeps me, you know, when I get upset, she keeps me, you know, back on track. Um, she's just punched into the computer Recession-proof businesses, and bam, the t-shirt business came up. Now, I want you to know that we were doing this, like, literally just left my house after, um, you know, I had the reception after my husband's funeral at my house. Everybody left, and we're finishing, you know, like, the Pinot Noir off, anything that was left. And <laughs> so we're, like, giggling, and, you know, and I, I'm really doing drinks, so two glasses of wine, and I am just, like, giddy, 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 like, you know, you know like a teenager. And... After we stopped laughing, she's like, no, seriously, Stella, it, it's like coming up, you know, the t-shirt business, it's saying DTG, and, and she's like Google searching DTG, which is the digital, you know, a t-shirt that is made from a machine that looks like a huge printer, a uh, huge printer, so it kind of goes in on trays and comes out and, and, and you know, uses a soy-based soy paints. Uh, and she's like, no, seriously, Stella, this is what's coming up. And I'm like, really? So we started webinaring and doing all of these YouTube tutorials and, and we're looking at it and we said, wow, this is interesting. I said, it's repetitive. It, we can break it down uh, into a task analysis. 
We can, uh, it's got all of the components that our kids love. There's a start, a middle, an end. And uh, the more we thought about it, the more we said, wow, this is actually, you know, I, I think this, this is worth investigating. So in the morning, we called the company, the manufacturer of the machine, of the DTG machine, and he gave us the name and number of a young man on Long Island who has the, had a machine who just bought it, but he's actually, his business was growing and he wanted to sell his machine and upgrade. And he, they said, give him a call. We did. He was lovely. And we went to his house and in his garage, he had the DTG and the software. And he, just from making t-shirts for people on his block, he literally paid for his undergraduate uh, tuition. Wow. That's impressive. I, I, I blew us away. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, hey, good for your parents, you know, for making yeah. you, you know, go out and, and, you know, pay for your schooling because, you know, they saved their little nothing for retirement. And, and he said, no, I had to, you know, I had to, I had to help pay for, you know, whatever I could. And little did I know that, you know, one thing led to another and I was making t-shirts for everybody's family reunion and block party and this and that. And, and it was enough that I was making enough money that I, you know, I, I could pay for my, uh, my college tuition. And, um, so we, he was so taken with what we wanted to do. And by the end of the day, we all printed shirts and we came back with t-shirts and we said, we can do this. And um, without any hesitation, I said, "Okay, Nicole, I, I think uh, this is this is this is it." So I had uh, a carpenter come and uh, winterize my barn, and we bought his machine, and we set it up in there. And my son was school in high school at the time, so when we were ready, we had field trips from his class. They would come over, and we we would observe, tweak it write the protocols. We saw where there were problems or what we needed. And we just, you know, kept moving forward until um, we thought, you know, that we had the, the process um, pretty much under control as, as to what needed to happen. From there, we said, okay, next thing we need to do is um, we need to get out of my barn before the building inspector like starts writing me summonses for running a business out of my home, which is illegal in this area. So and, you were literally in a barn when you started this. Yeah, yeah, my backyard, yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep, yeah. yeah. me and my wellies <laughs> in the mud, yep. Yeah. And um, my husband's, I took a, a core of my husband's employees um, I took our IT guy and I said, listen, I can't make you any promises or guarantees. All I know is you, you know, you, you worked for a crazy man for the first half of your life and I'm offering you the opportunity to work for a crazy woman for the second half of your life. I mean, <laughs> does it get any better than that or what? And uh, I had them, you know, I, I had literally in my, my kitchen, you know, uh, teapots and, and peanut butter and jelly because everybody lived with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I fed everybody <laughs> free lunch. And, and we worked in, in the barn until we figured out the process and we were ready and I went out and, and that was the big decision. The big decision, I sold my husband's business. 
I put my house on the market. I sold everything that didn't move and then some, and um, I had enough money and his insurance policy to bankroll the whole thing. And so I went out shopping for a building in the, our local area and that the next town great. over, Port Washington. And um, every night, I mean, um, you know, I used to just, you know, look up and pray to my husband and and say, okay, Paul, just give me a little sign. Can you flicker the lights? You know, you know, you know, if you know, you know, you're there because, you know, I could really use some encouragement and, and then everything, uh, you know, everything else was Jesus, Joseph and Mary. Come on. I need the energy. I'm over here. Yeah. And that I, that you know, sounds like a lot of faith right there in one way yeah. or another to put everything that you own into, yeah. into it. That to me is beyond brave, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't, whatever it was, you know, brave, stupid, Greek, thick head, (laughs) you know, thick skulled, no is definitely not my vocabulary. If you want to get me motivated, just tell me I can't do something and I will, you know, I will, with every ounce of energy I have, I will prove you wrong. And that's just always the way I've been, attacked everything in life. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I liquidated everything I had. And um, I said, I have enough money to bankroll us for two years. So I bought a building and um, we were very lucky because um, the local community, the local politicians, uh, council, everybody, uh, the town supervisor, they, once they found out what I was doing and who I was, they were right there. They were just right there supporting us. And it it is a, a beautiful feeling to have a community and um, and and neighbors and town and and just embrace. I was so afraid they'd be like, "Oh God, uh, you know what? More disabled people? Really? What are we running?" And I, but they didn't. They just they totally embraced and loved all of it, every everything, and they have been there. And they are our biggest clients, mm. believe it or not, the town of North Hempstead. The town supervisor, she was right there. We are a member of the of NICID, which is the New York State um, Industry of the Disabled, and we do over a hundred thousand dollars a year. We make all of the uniforms for the Department of Building, and um, we make when all of the um, waiters and the reflecting jackets that all of the uh, people that are out in the town uh, wear highway all it's all made all made locally in port washington new york by individuals with autism and we are damn proud of it oh and as uh, you should be as you should be that is just outstanding and i think you know so much of the news these days is so negative and to yeah. be able to, to to say that and people hear that i think that's also part of the hope and inspiration too right because there are yeah. good people who support there are so many good people out there and just you just really have to not get hung up in negative energy walk away from that and just look for the positive and you will find them but i'm t- i mean we um once we approach special olympics um in new york um i'm sh- we have the um, freezing for a reason, which is the polar plunges, and every county in New York has one for the Special Olympics. That's how we raise money for Special Olympics. And um, once they found out what we were doing, uh, we make all 
all of their sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, whatever whatever they're they're selling that year to help raise funds. We manufacture all of that. So I mean, again, this started a ripple effect, and it's um, it's a non for profit helping another non for profit helping another person or helping another organization and it just keeps rolling out there like a, a little pebble you throw in a pond and you just watch the ripples slowly, slowly, slowly going out from the center. And this is what I live for. And this is what we all live for. And um, so that's the Nicholas Center created a, a social enterprise called Spectrum Designs Foundation, and and DTG led to silk screening, led to embroidery, um, led to um, a, a whole bunch of promotional things, and then from there um, we still there were just still so many people parents begging for for the opportunity for their child that we said well we just can't you know employ employ people for the sake of employing them if we don't have the needs so we again uh, we're big believers around here in throwing that spaghetti against the wall and with sticks sticks and if it doesn't then we move on so we created uh, a new business called spectrum bakes it's i think three years in now and um and that's doing well um, and we're in the gourmet granola business. We make handmade batches of gourmet granola and um, and also gourmet pretzels hand dipped in chocolate. They're, they're available on our website. We also started a local Spectrum Suds, which is a concierge laundry business. So we pick up and deliver locally and we wash uh, everyone's clothes. If it's a sweater, we will hand wash it in cold water and lay it flat to dry. Things that are services that are not offered by a um, a, a laundromat. And yeah. we also hang your clothes up on hangers and steam them out and return them. So all you have to do is put them in your closet. So, you know, we save you the trouble of ironing or sending them out to the dry cleaners and quilts and all of these things. We have a few spas that we do all their towels for them as well. At this point now, we just bought our second van and um, because that business is growing. Um, on Long Island, uh, only a few of the towns have, set, have um, sewers. Everybody has cesspools. The way to kill the life of the cesspool is by, you know, excessive laundry. Eventually you will have bubbles on the front lawn or your back lawn, <laughs> but you'll be, you'll be replacing your cesspool. <laughs> um, so to, and also just, you know, um, I don't think this millennium generation really knows how to do laundry. <laughs> gotcha, I think. Yeah. And um, so they are, only too happy to have somebody pick it up and deliver because they, as far as they're concerned, it's it's worth the price because they're not going to waste three and four hours on the weekends or at night doing their laundry. But that business is growing as well. My goal is that I should never have to see a parent come in my office 
begging with tears in their eyes for an opportunity for their child to volunteer or be employed here. And it breaks my heart. And um, I can't tell you because I know what it's like. We all know what it's like. We have been there. We have been in those shoes. And um, I will, from now until the day I am no longer on the planet, I am with the spirit world, I will do everything in my power to just keep growing businesses and coming up with ideas so that I can offer vocational training and opportunities and employment opportunities to young adults with disabilities on the autism spectrum in particular. Um, And that's really um, all I want to do on that. And um, and my son, for the rest of my life, I'd, I'm a happy camper. Very, very happy. Well, your your passion is obvious, and your spirit is strong and beautiful. And I, like I told you before, every time I talk to you, I get this. I don't know. It's almost like a fire that starts burning inside of me because I'm pretty passionate about getting hope and inspiration out there to mother guides. But what you're doing is not only are you taking your son and making him feel like he has purpose, but you're offering purpose to everyone else out there and also helping their families. That is so inspirational and so hopeful is because if you have a child living with autism, or you are a person that is living on autism to know that you have a job and you have a purpose and you have somewhere to get up and go every day and you get to learn. And because our kids are just like anybody else, right? They want to learn. They want to have purpose. And 85% disabled individuals in the United States are unemployed. And there's absolutely no reason for that disgraceful statistic. And and if it takes private citizens thinking out of the box, that's what it'll take. But I, on certain days, I have to come into my office because I'm just welled up with tears of joy because um, I looked at my son's class and autism, as we know, is a male dominant disability primarily. And um, I looked at these adorable little boys grow up only having each other. And I said, what's what's going to happen? What, 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 you know, when, when they all transition, where are they going? They, 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 the only people that, that go to their birthday parties are themselves because basically, you know, their behaviors are just so disruptive that friend being you know making friendships other than family members and and neighbors next door neighbors that have grown up with them it's just an exist especially if your your child is extremely disabled and i just looked at them and i just said i i have to i don't have an option where are they going to go what are they going to do and um and now nicholas's all of his classmates have transitioned and they are all here um, at the Nicholas Center and at Spectrum Designs Foundation. And now they're all 26, 27, 28. And um, it's just wonderful to watch them grow up, to see where they started when we all kind of like were on that line at kindergarten pre-screening going, okay, 
uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're being put on, you know, the other line, like, okay, you know, which was meant kind of like, okay, we really need to see this, you know, the school psychologist about, about this. This is something, you know, they're a little different. They're, you know, and we sort of found each other in the nineties. Uh, they were born in 92. So they were all, I held them back. We all did. So they started kindergarten at six, but kind of like, you didn't want to say anything. You didn't want to talk about it. But we all just kind of like looked around and we went, oh, okay, he's flapping like my son's flapping, mm. you know. And, um, you know, there's a, a poem by Emily uh, uh, per, per, Perley, is it? And it's called, um, it's called Welcome to Holland. Um, it profoundly put things in perspective and changed my life when my I found it and uh, dealing with my son at age three when I realized that he would not be getting married. He would not be driving a car. He would not be going to college. And the poem says, um, having a child with special needs is like planning a trip your whole life. You plan this trip to Italy and you, and you are, you see gondolas and you, you've got Venice and you've got, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and you've got Rome, and you've got all of these things that you have waited and and saved for your whole life and planned. And then, as you're getting ready to land, the pilot comes over, the loudspeaker, and says, Welcome to Holland. We will be landing in Holland in five minutes. Please fasten your seat belts, put your trays in an upright position, and... You went, hello, excuse me, uh, steward, steward, hello, flight attendant, you, 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 excuse me, I'm on the wrong plane, uh, hello, uh, I'm supposed to be on the plane going to Italy, okay, uh, he, the, the pilot is mistaken, He's, he said something about Holland, they went, yeah, we're landing in Holland, no, 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 I need to be in Italy, not Holland, and then you calm down for a second, you think to yourself, Holland is not such a bad place. It's a beautiful place. It has windmills. It has wooden clogs. And it has tulips. Fields and fields of magnificent tulips. And it's got great cheeses and so many other things to offer. And after you calm down a second, you realize that Holland is not such a bad place. You can now see things clearly so the name of the the title of the poem is welcome to holland and uh just google search it i'm sure it will come up and you know and if you need a little inspiration and strength you know just read that and you will feel so much better it is so empowering uh to a parent who is beginning the journey Mm. and you know what it's only apropos because a my favorite things in this world are A, bittersweet chocolate, and my favorite flower is a tulip. So, you know, again, the stars were aligned and this was my destiny. I just wish that somebody would have sent me the email that said, Stella, when you're going to get your master's, think about special ed. Okay, not administration. Okay, I just um, and then you know, and I, I would have been further around doing you know the line, and better off. But, <laughs> um, but you know, Holland is a beautiful place, 
And I am where I belong, I guess, with my tulips and my windmills and wooden clogs. I wore them all through the 70s. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no doubt you are exactly (laughs) where you're supposed to be, Stella. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. I can't imagine you being anywhere else. And I know that you have touched so many people's lives. And I heard this the other day, and it's making me think of it, that, you know, so many people want to leave a legacy. And instantly, when we think of legacy, we think of a building or a program, which you've already done all those things too. But a real legacy spiritually is when you, you have no idea how many lives you've touched with your work and your inspiration and your knowledge and your passion. So thank you. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. I'm just, um, I hope, uh, I just hope that, um, that other parents out there that are beginning the journey, I hope that, you know, we, we said something in our conversation that, um, you know, just give them that strength that they need and the inspiration to know that things are going to get better and they will and you just have to be strong and know that people like um, you and I are just a phone call away and always there. I would never not, you know, speak to someone or, or help them, even if it's just to, just as a sounding board, just to listen because you and I both know how stressful it can be in their stage. You come home, and you just want to cry. I used to just get so upset every come the holidays because my son didn't get it. And, you know, the the beauty of having children is you get to relive your childhood vicariously through them. And my son just didn't get Christmas. He didn't get Halloween. He didn't get Easter. He didn't get any of it. Or his birthday. He didn't get it. And it just broke my heart into a million pieces that he, he that he didn't get it. Um, and uh, and that to to me really was was just one of the most painful experiences. I, I didn't have any other children to you know to offset you know you know living in this this you know this universe that that was only autism. So if nothing else, um, especially for those young moms out there, just um, be patient, hang in there, do everything you possibly can. And um, don't take no for an answer. If you um, want to contact us or or look at what we do, um, we have some amazing, uh, our websites are great. If you go to um, nicholascenterusa.org, you will find all the information on the Nicholas Center. If you want to find out, uh, or um, about Spectrum Designs, or place an order. We ship all over. Uh, actually, we actually shipped out of the country, so we are international. Um, you go to Spectrum Designs with an S. dot org, and then you will see the links to Spectrum Bakes. dot org and Spectrum Suds. dot org, and you will see. The happiest kids on the planet, I shouldn't say kids, they're adults, Um, and you will see truly um, that there is what's out there, and there's there's a lot of great stuff out there. Um, 
coming down the pike and in the future. And the more we all band together and the more we refuse to accept what people are, are saying that, that this is all we're going to get and just makes you more res- resolved and stronger to move forward. And again, now that we've had this discussion, you are all disciples and you've been empowered and now you need to go forward and tell somebody else. But just remember with every t-shirt that we print, we're changing the world with every t-shirt that we sell, we're changing the world one t-shirt at a time. With every granola bar that we sell, we're changing the world. With every uh, person that signs up and, and to our, for our laundry service, you're changing the world. You're part of the solution. If nothing else, just spread the word. Give messages hope. The message is dream big. The message is believe. And it is a powerful message. And it is a message that anything is possible. Yep. You've proven that. Yep. And um, again, you know, um, um, it's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing when um, y- your child has purpose. It's a beautiful thing when you see somebody who has literally been in their basement for 10 years doing nothing and they look at you and they're like, what's this? And you're like, this is a paycheck. <laughs> you're like, really? Yeah, this is a paycheck. There is no price on dignity. When you give a person hope and dignity, it is just the greatest gift that you can bestow upon someone, and it is priceless. Um, that's all I want to do. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to thank, on behalf of all mother guides who are listening, that are in a place and they're having a low moment. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your inspiration. Thank you for your hope. Uh, you are definitely a mother warrior. And I watched, I know you had asked me to check out this business of autism. I didn't want to end our conversation without getting anyone actually who's listening, even if you're not living um, with autism. This, it, it made me feel everything. I mean, I cried. I smiled. I was happy, joyful, inspired, all of those feelings. Uh, Stella, is there a message? Is there something that you want people to know about the business of autism? To I, I believe every single human should watch it. So, um, It's very powerful. And um, I was approached by a uh, film um, director and um he just happened to be an event he's like no no he goes we have to tell the story and i was like okay well you know i i have you know we don't have the money to to, to fund a, a documentary but believe it or not um you know he said it's okay we'll find it and and he um found somebody um who donated the money so that the film could be made um we will actually be um up with um, Temple Grandin, upstate New York, um, next month. She just wrote another book, and um, we will be um, going up and speaking 
to a group from the universities, uh, Hartwick College, Oneonta State, and that entire area up there. Um, we will be doing a presentation of the movie in Temple Grandin. We'll be also speaking to the crowd uh, about her book and, and her life um, as a person growing up with autism. And um, again, if you're not familiar with Temple Grandin, you must check her out because her life story is another one that is absolutely amazing and it gives hope um to to all of us you know and again with each and every person with each and every message we empower ourselves and that happens to be one of our t-shirts okay i call it the warrior mama okay i love it and that's that we are we are warrior mamas don't you ever take no for an answer it's unacceptable and we do what we have to do because these are our babies. It's not the lion, it's the lioness who is the most feared hunter in the jungle. And that we are. <laughs> I yeah, love we're that. survivors. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, I agree, um, Temple Grandin is an excellent speaker and I, her story is, is inspirational and so is yours. And I personally cannot wait to see what else the future holds for you and the work that you're doing for others. And is there any upcoming, I know you just shared with a speaking engagement with Temple, but is there anything else that you want to share with, with us? Is there anything that I missed or didn't ask of you? That you'd like uh, to I think share? we pretty much covered all uh, everything. And um, I just want to say to everybody out there, thank you for listening. And, um, God bless all of you and just hang in there because you are truly all warrior mamas. Thank you so much, Stella. Thank you all out there for listening. And we hope that you will continue listening to us. What we're trying to do here is spread love, inspiration, and hope. Please join us in our upcoming episode of Mother's Guide Through Autism podcast. We will be interviewing more inspirational moms, professional experts. We'll also be discussing educational challenges and how to overcome them and offer insight and life tools to take with you from Joseph and myself. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review and share it on social media. You can download my free guide of five things I wish I knew raising my son with autism by going to my website, bmvlifecoach.com. Also, please join our Facebook group, Mother's Guide Through Autism for Support. I'm sending you all hope and love. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.